0: Ciao, Bella. I am Oceana Fortuna, and this is the Breathe Love and Magic Podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit to embrace the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and subscribe, so you'll know when the next episode is available. And may good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm going to talk about the eight ways single women sabotage their dream of love. As a love and dating coach for 20 years, I've worked with women of all kinds. They have ranged in age from 26 to 70. Some were divorced, some were never married, some were widowed. And this is a compilation of the eight things that All single women have in common the things that they do that get in the way and keep them single. And so after all this time, I've gathered this information and I want to share it with you in case you are doing any of these things that's preventing you from finding the love you dream of. This episode is a little bit more practical than magical, but bear with me because there's a lot to learn if you are a single gal looking for love. While many people are happy living alone and they enjoy a rich, full life, you might feel lonely and wish you had someone to share your life with. Being single to you could feel limiting. And it's not your first choice of the life you want to lead. And believe me, I understand. Because I was single until I was 41. And I had a boyfriend all through high school. I had a different boyfriend all through college. They both asked me to marry them. I said no to both of them, not thinking I would have an 18 year or more hiatus before I found love again. And that was really hard to go through, but I learned a lot of lessons being on my own. And then squeezing, let's say, 18 years worth of dating into just 15 months. So working with a divorced woman in her late 50s, My client, Sandra, was dragging her feet about getting online to look for love. Her profile was all set. I had written that for her, and it was a great one. And she found this photographer that took the most amazing pictures. It wasn't about all the retouching he did. It was about the lighting and the posing and how he just found a way to bring out her laughter, and make her shine. It was really amazing. You can always tell when someone has worked with a good photographer because they just look beautiful and radiant. Anyway, so Sandra had these great pictures and a great profile, yet she was having a really hard time getting started. You know, she had interacted with some men online while she was waiting for her pictures to be done, but she would leave them hanging or she didn't like them and didn't know what to do about it or she would forget to check her messages and she wasn't being consistent with her efforts and she let days and sometimes weeks go by between visits to the dating apps and this didn't work well for the men who were trying to connect with her. One guy actually wrote to her and said, hey, are you there? What's happening? So I asked her, Sandra, what is holding you back? And she explained that she had been dating on and off for so many years. She just wasn't so sure it was actually going to work this time around either. And as a result, she was subconsciously avoiding rejection and disappointment By not being fully active, that's what we came to understand through talking about the situation. And honestly, this is an incredibly common problem for single women, especially for older single women. The trouble is, without making that genuine effort and being consistent, Sandra was creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. Not believing you can find love is the underlying issue behind almost all the ways women keep themselves alone. The trouble is, Sandra was allowing her negative attitude and outlook about men, about dating, and about herself and her chances to dictate the actions she took. And so, unfortunately, she sabotaged any of the efforts that she did make. This was self-defeating and the worst part is she wasn't conscious of her behavior. Once the two of us had talked and she realized what she was doing to herself, she vowed to be more consistent and work on believing that she really could find love. And it's definitely been my experience over the 20 years, including my own experience and journey to find love, that if you believe that you can find love, you do, you will, it will happen. And that's what I've learned in 20 years. So now I'm going to share with you the eight ways women keep themselves single And these are the most common self sabotaging behaviors that I've noticed over the two decades I've been working with single gals. The first thing women do to sabotage themselves is to feel unworthy. Even though you've heard this probably a million times, it still holds true. You need to love yourself and think you are wonderful and recognize that you are a great catch before you can actually attract the healthy relationship you long for. To recognize your value and worthiness can only be done by you. You can't look outside yourself for validation or to realize your own strength and beauty and worthiness. It must come from within. And that's why I encourage women to take the time necessary, whatever that is for you, to shore up your confidence, belief in yourself, and feel good about who you are as a woman. When you recognize how much you have to offer a good man and how much he'd be lucky to be with you, you'll interact with men in a different way. You'll come from that place of confidence and believing in yourself So I can't encourage you enough to invest in yourself about raising your worthiness because nothing will have a greater impact on your life than building a worthiness and being deserving of love. Number two, thinking your time for love has passed. Passed you by. For women who are older and single, due to divorce or maybe being a widow, somehow some of these women get this idea that their chance of love is over. Like, I had my chance and that's it. That's all I get. Somehow they assume that there is, I don't know, a love quotient. Like, you only get so much and you get to be in love one time. And that's all anyone can and should expect. But this is not true. Many women have multiple long-term relationships or marriages and find love again at 50, 60, or 70. Why would you cheat yourself out of this possibility of having loving companionship and romance later in life? There's just no expiration date on love. You can find love at any age. Right now, I have several clients, women in their 60s, And they are finding plenty of men to date. Honestly, it's such a thrill to talk to these women in their 60s and hear how much fun they're having meeting lots of men, learning about themselves, discovering about what modern dating is like. And we have a great time talking about all this. It's not all you know, chocolate and roses by any means. And everybody has their share of bad dates and disappointments. But there can be fun and you can meet a lot of men. Love has not passed you by. So let that idea go. Number three, seeking perfection in a man. All right, forgive me. I'm just going to be really brash In my statement, but no man is perfect, and neither are you. Of course, I'm not either. I'm just saying no one is perfect. Everyone has flaws. That's part of being human. The good news is you don't need a perfect man in order to have a healthy, loving romance. What works is connecting with a man who is open to learning and growing and communicating. When you spend time with a man who has a good sense of humor and shows your respect, listens to your ideas, and enriches your life, you have likely found a really good match. Everyone has preferences, of course, of course you do. And you deserve to have what you want in a partner. But when women tell me they won't date any man who's less than six feet tall, and they're only five four, I wonder... Really? He has to be six feet tall? What if he was 5'11"? What if he was 5'10"? Wouldn't that work for you? What if he was 5'10 and was like the best guy you ever met? What if he was really good to you? What if he made you the center of his world and treated you like a queen? Would you care about that two inches? No. You want to get in touch with your priorities about what will make you happy and what is truly important. And I can pretty much guarantee you that those two inches are meaningless because if you found a man who was a little bit shorter, who was really good to you and you were having the time of your life, you wouldn't notice those two inches. Something else to consider is that men who are six feet tall are only 10% of the population. So now you need A man who's in the right age bracket, who's financially independent, who's healthy, who's single, who's looking for love, and six feet tall. You just made yourself a super small group of men that you can choose from. What you want to do instead is find a way to expand the possibilities and expand who might fit into your dating pool. When you can blur the edges a little about what you want to include a few more guys, then you're doing yourself the biggest favor. And I really talk about this a lot in terms of the ballpark theory of dating. And what I say is, imagine a baseball field and the whole park. So you have the guys who are down on the field, and those are the players. And that's pun intended. And those guys, everybody wants. Those are the top 5% of men, and everybody wants to date one of them, and everybody can see them all, and everybody focuses on them, and everybody wants one of them. Okay, so then there are also men in the dugout that you might not be able to see from your seats. And there are men in the seats behind home plate, and there are men in the skyboxes, and there are men in the seats around you and all around the ballpark. Plus, there are men who... Sell peanuts and beer throughout the stands, then there are all the guys in the concession stands, and then there are the guys in the parking lot. So you could say to me, Ronnie, I am not going to date any men from the parking lot, or any vendors for that matter either, and I'm going to be like, okay, that's fine. You get to decide that, but you still have a whole ballpark. And then if you say, well, I'm not going to date any men who are in those cheap seats way up at the top. You know, skybox is one thing, but no cheap seats. And I'm going to say, okay, but you don't know if they could make you happy. You don't know why they're in that cheap seat today. You're making judgment calls. And snap judgment calls, we all do that. But you have to question yourself when you want to find love because sometimes we let that get in the way. And that's all I'm saying is any man who's kind of in the ballpark, in the neighborhood of what you're looking for, please consider him. And this allows you to open things up a bit more and consider a few more men. Another thing is if you have a particular type. When you have a type of guy that's the only kind of guy you're attracted to, That's great, except that what you love about that guy is also a package deal with what drives you crazy about that guy and breaks you up. So the similarities that you really enjoy and seek out also include the similarities that don't work because you're not compatible. So when you can shake things up and get past your type and don't insist on only a certain type of guy... And I'm not saying you can't discard anybody. Of course, you need to be selective. But how selective is what I'm really saying. And when you shake things up and you are willing to date men that are a little bit different than you might normally date... You expand your world, expand your chances, and often that's where you find the really good compatible guys, the guys that are gems that other women might be ignoring because they won't open their minds, their hearts, their eyes to see some of these guys. They're not substandard men. It's just that women aren't giving them a proper chance because they're not the players. They're not super skilled at wooing women. But that doesn't mean they aren't remarkable men who would make incredible mates. All I'm saying is give up this idea of looking for the perfect man because no one is perfect, but somebody could be a perfect mate for you. Okay, number four, guarding your heart too tightly. So if you've reached 40, you've experienced your share of heartbreak, which often causes you to feel guarded around men, and that's natural. You know, I understand that anyone would. No one wants to be hurt again. Of course not. However, when you will not open up and be vulnerable at all, that will absolutely keep you single. You cannot make a heart connection if you insist on staying totally guarded. In fact, this will push away any good men you meet. Do the work, invest in yourself, put the time in to heal your heart from previous lovers who caused you pain and let that stuff go. That's your baggage and that's going to get in the way and that's going to keep your heart guarded too tightly and then you won't be able to have that heart connection. You can willingly open yourself up again once more Not to throw caution to the wind and not to be smart about your choices, but to know that no matter what happens while you're dating and just meeting men, you can and will recover. You will. One of the things for me that changed everything was, out of the 30 men I met, number 28 was definitely not the right guy for me, but I was wildly attracted to him. And I knew he was the wrong guy. And I decided I always do the right thing. And for once, I just want to enjoy myself and do the wrong thing. So I decided to let him in my world. But I was very firm on if he crossed this line, he would be out. And of course, he crossed that line within a few months, and I kicked his butt out. But what I learned was the most valuable lesson I had learned from those 28 men so far which was I could heal, I could survive, I could bounce back, I could be resilient, and I could start again. So I took 2 weeks off from dating. I worked on myself, I let him go, I said prayers, I asked for healing, and then I went out and number 29 and 30 were the two best quality men I had met, because I was more willing to be open at the heart level. And then I had to choose between 29 and 30. And that's who I how I picked my husband number 30. I never could have done that if I hadn't gone through the little bit of heartbreak that I did in order to see that I could be resilient, I could bounce back, I could recover. And it was okay to open my heart again. There's nothing more essential than being willing to do this in a smart way, in a calculated way, but if you don't open up, then you're not gonna connect. Number five, don't assume all men are just like your ex. They're not. Naturally, you don't wanna date another man like your ex. I get that. We all get that. You learn that lesson, Good for you, and you don't want to repeat that. Excellent. Yet, it always amazes me how often women get this idea that most men tend to be like their ex, and nothing could be further from the truth. Yes, you may be attracted to similar guys to your ex, yet there are many types of men, as many as the stars in the night sky. They are not all the same. Statistically, that would be impossible. So if you tend to end up with the same kind of guy, it's time to assess who you are attracted to and expand your horizons. Maybe take a look at why that kind of attraction is the only thing that appeals to you. It's very narrow when that happens. And when you open up the possibilities, you are more likely to find a good match. Take a chance to meet men who aren't your type. Push the envelope to see who else might be worthy of your attention. Who else might be somebody you could be compatible with and get along with and have fun with? That's how you find a good match, by mixing things up. Number six, experiencing extreme sensitivity to the dating process. So while dating can be daunting, no question, sometimes women need to realize they are taking this process far too seriously. They get really frustrated and angry and they start to dislike all men because of a few bummer guys they met, or maybe a series of bummer guys they met. And that's exactly why the author Greg Barrett, who was the story consultant about men and dating for the Sex and the City crew, their writers, he wrote a couple of books and the second one is It's Just an Effing Date. Yeah, that's really the title. Anyway, in this self-help book, Greg suggests that you find a way to chill out about dating and stop taking yourself and dating and men so seriously. When you can take the pressure off dating and yourself and men, you might actually enjoy meeting new people and get good at it. When you get all worked up, on the other hand, about some guys who you just met once or twice or who stopped texting or who never called or who never asked you out or whatever you no longer are keeping the process in perspective. The angst becomes over the top. And when that happens, it's easy to understand why you never want to date again. If you can learn how to relax more about this and know you you will be resilient, you will get through it. And just let any of the jerks you meet roll off your back like water on a duck's it's just a date, not a lifetime commitment that went wrong. Have more confidence in yourself and review point number one, which is remember you are worthy of love. The seventh way women keep themselves single is being unwilling to look within. Dating requires far more knowledge and wisdom than just how and where to meet men or find a good man. In fact, The journey to find love is one of self-discovery, including answering the following questions. What do I like and want? What makes me happy? Am I too critical or too accepting? Is my heart really open? Have I done my healing work? Did I shore up my confidence and feel worthy? How can I become more resilient and take the pressure off? And what do I know about dating and understanding men? Is there more to learn? Self-reflection is a must if you hope to avoid repeating patterns from your past. And connect with a man for healthy, lasting love and the romance you've dreamed about for so long. Okay, here's the last one. Number eight. And so many women do this, and I've already kind of talked about this a little, which is not believing in love. While this is the last way that single gals get in their own way, self-sabotage their finding love, this is by far the most crucial. If you don't believe finding love is real and possible for you, why would you even bother? You need to get to that place of knowing without a doubt that love is your destiny. No matter how many men you meet that don't work out, each one brings you one step closer to the right man for you. When you hold this belief as true, you will stay motivated, active, and not give up. It's never too late for love. That's why I named my business that. Hold on to this idea. Like it's your lifeline, because it sure can be just that. For myself, I dated 30 men in 15 months to find the man I've been happily married to for 20 years. Thankfully, even though most of the men disappointed me and a few broke my heart, I did not give up. After a short time of feeling, you know, sorry for myself and asking why, why, why me, I would dust myself off and take deep breaths and remind myself of the belief I clung to with all my heart. Love is my destiny. There is no other reason for me to be going through all of this learning and meeting men and dressing up and improving myself and feeling worthy and all of that if love wasn't my destiny. This is going to work. This has to work. Love is my destiny. And, true enough, it sure was. It may not feel easy to get beyond these self-defeating attitudes, ideas, and beliefs. But in fact, you can do it. I did it. And my clients for 20 years have been doing it. People find love every single day. If you want to find love, believe that you can. And then behave that way. Get out there, meet lots of men, feel confident, know that you're the prize, and then look to find that one and only match for you. Remember, he's out there and he's looking for you too. If you like this episode, please share it with someone who you think could benefit as well. This is Love and dating coach Ronnie Anne Ryan wishing you love and magic. for listening today. Don't forget to like this episode if you enjoyed it, write a positive review if you feel inspired, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Oceana Fortuna reminding you to share your love and seek magic every day.